I am Vero, and you're watching Modern Immigrant. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Modern Immigrant. As always, we're really happy and really excited to be here sharing an immigration story that's going to inspire you, that's going to motivate you, and that's going to teach you something as well. Today, Avi Odum is here with us. She's the founder of the Immigrate Life. And if you follow us on Instagram, you have probably heard about the Immigrate Life because I have done a life events with her and I've been sharing also a lot of her content because I admire the work that she's doing. The Immigrate Life is a platform that is celebrating the wins and also highlighting the struggles of first-generation and second-generation immigrants that have an African background. With Avi Odum, we have learned what have been some of the struggles that, as an African immigrant, she has faced arriving to the USA. She arrived when she was already in her 20s. She already had tons of experience. She already had a job. She already had stability back in Africa. So arriving to the USA it was hard to adapt and find that stability again. We also talk about things like workplace bias, the struggles that she had had with her own name, and the things that people have been telling her that just show a lot of lack of information around her country of origin and her background. So I learned a lot from this interview. It also inspired me. And we talk about the importance in how we can move from survival mode to thriving mode. She gave us at the end of the interview just such an amazing advice that I think we can all start putting in practice in our lives. So thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to subscribe so you can get all the information about when are the episodes released. Also, you can follow us at Modern Immigrant and our website, modernimmigrant.net, for all other information, podcast-related, and also all of the other projects that we're doing. So thank you one more time for being here. Enjoy this conversation, and don't forget to share it if it was helpful. Also, if you leave in the comments, what do you prefer about this interview? What was your favorite part? What topics would you like me to talk about in future interviews? That will be helpful too. So thank you so much one more time and enjoy. Bye. And I'm so excited to be bringing you another episode of Modern Immigrant. Today we have a really special guest. Biodum is here with us today from the Immigrate Life. And I'm really excited to get to know you. So welcome to Modern Immigrant. Thank you so much for having me, Vera. I'm so um, happy to be here. Yeah. The same. The feeling is mutual. And as I always say to my guests, I love starting by asking when did your immigration journey started or what's your story with immigration so we can start getting to know you? Okay, so the entirety of my immigrant journey started, um, well, long before I even got here because um, my mom, you know, ever since before I was born, she was always a nurse. Okay. So she had, you know, she'd been in all kinds of like the facets of nursing, public health, um, psych, just different, different. Um. So I would say my immigrant journey started in the 90s because that was when she started like the process of, you know, okay, I'm going to migrate one day and then I'm going to take my family with me mm. in the 90s. So I, I didn't move here until 2010. Okay. 
So, so that took uh, several years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to in in I think five days it will be eleven years. Wow. Since I've moved to the states to the United States where I live. Um, so yeah, that's 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 the story. My mom, she had gone from like a very from the first cater nursing school to become a chief nursing officer and thought I want I want to do nursing somewhere else and I want to do nursing somewhere that is considered a first world country. Mm. I hear nurses are treated better. <laughs> I hear things are different. And I want to see what that's like. So that was my mom, right? And that that's how I that's how I'm here. And uh, from where to where? I don't know if you told us where oh, were you. Okay, I was born and raised in Nigeria. Okay. Um, I'm Nigerian, and of course, Nigeria is a country that has a ton of tribes in it. Mm -hmm. um, but my parents happen to be from those very same tribe. Okay. How old were you then when you first arrived to the U.S.? Okay, so just, just ask me how old I am then. Um, I was 20, I think 24. Okay. I think 24, yeah. How did, how was that? I, and I asked the age just. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Just, just for people to, to like get it. Yeah. To get an idea on like like immigrating is so different depending on that stage where you're at, right? Yes. Like if you're a so kid, true. if you're a teenager, if you're an adult. I immigrated similar um as you as at my 24 yeah. was when I arrived here. Um and it's gonna be it was eight years recently. So I can maybe have an idea, but I would love to hear from you how was that yeah. because a a big chunk of your life happened in Nigeria and then arriving yeah. to the US, it can mm. be like, what? <laughs> Okay, so um, like you said, it's it you know the Im the the immigrant story has its you know has similar patterns in a way, but they're always very unique. So moving here when I was twenty four, it meant I I was done with college. I had worked in banking. I had worked in human resources. I I was working in TV and entertainment oh. when I moved here. So I was already pretty formed in what I thought I knew. You know, I thought, okay, this is what life is and I know it and I want to ride like this. Mm. And of course, when you migrate to another country, you know, it's like, and, and, and well, it, all, it also depends on, 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 on who's guiding you when you migrate. So if they tell you, you know, take this path, or walk along this path, it will help you, like a coach. Mm, okay. It depends on who's coaching. If they're telling you, oh, all of that stuff you've done before, all of that means nothing. You have to start from scratch. It's a different, you, you will have a different experience. But if they tell you, you know what, you've done some stuff, let's build on that. Mm. It's a different experience too. So interesting that you're talking about the guidance, because I don't think we have ever touched on that, and I'm sure everyone has had that that figure right in a way maybe yeah. it's family maybe it's friends maybe someone formally that's coaching you who guide you and how did that shape your immigration um i would say my parents guided me mm. and it shaped my migration in the sense that 
there was a there was a tug of war because remember that I hadn't lived with them in a long time. I'd been living by myself. <laughs> I wasn't used to even living with them. I had my own habits that they, of course, did not like, you know? Yeah, so, it usually goes like that. <laughs> yes, it usually goes yeah. like that. And, 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 and I'm at this point where I don't want to be taking instruction from anyone. I just want to do my own thing. Right. But now we're living in the same house. You're telling me, oh, why didn't you fold your clothes? I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, um, so, right. but of course the, and, and that has its pros and cons because my parents love me. No doubt. I'm their baby. Also the last child. So, mm-hmm. and in, in, in an African setting, you're a baby. Like it doesn't matter if you're 58, yes. you're the baby. Right. And they will treat you as such. Mm-hmm. So um, I think a lot of time was spent in a, in, a, in a situation of, if you tell me to do this, I will do the opposite. Like going, like reverting back to teenagers. Yeah. A lot, I feel like I wasted some time doing that. Yeah. Um, they also were coming from the time of, I'm a creative, I've always been. My parents always wanted me to, to go to law school. That was always the plan, mm-hmm. even though like I wasn't conservative, like, more conservative. Yes, even though I wasn't like fully with the plan. I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to work in radio or TV. I knew I wanted to write. I had been in radio writing for a while. I'd done all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But of course they were not having that. They're like, we don't know anything about that kind of life. We right. just want you to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. Mm-hmm. Right. That was it for them. Um, so when I came, I wanted to do what I loved. I'm like, I'm not in Nigeria now. I'm in America where things like this are normal. So I want to do what I like. But of course, for them, it's like, no, our friends' kids do this. <laughs> right. Like, so how to do, do something this. normal. <laughs> exactly. Get a real, a real career. Mm-hmm. And so I think we spent some time, you know, and I, and I, I, I feel like if you grow up in a setting where it's very important that people give you a thumbs up to, to be able to shift completely in, into a place where you give yourself the thumbs up and you're like, I don't care about any other person's thumbs up as long as I'm good. That shift to, to maybe an American kid or a British kid who grew up like that a regular way, it's nothing to them, but to, to us and to the community where I grew up, you could be segregating your entire family, just making that decision. Mm-hmm. Because on, on their end, they're like, you're selfish and you're ungrateful because mm-hmm. we've given you all of this opportunity. And then this is what you want to do with it. But on your end, you want to say, let me just do what I feel like I'm called to do. Yeah. And you see the results. Can we wait for the results? Right? Yeah. But for them, and, and, and my parents are so hardworking, great work ethic, very responsible. I come from a Christian family. Um, people that will never miss a day of work in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, people that always want to build a community, don't joke with voting, want to just do the best. And then you are acting like some, <laughs> right. Right? right? So you can only imagine. Yes. You know, how it works. 
And you were going through your own process to like, I'm sure everyone was adapting to the new country and everyone was adapting to the new style, the new lifestyle. And how are we going to be living here? And for what you're saying, I'm hearing that you saw coming to the U.S. as an amazing opportunity to say, okay, now I can be free and try to do things that maybe weren't that easy uh, back in Nigeria. How was that process? Like, were you able to find a path for yourself more creative, more, yeah, different in a way than the opportunities you had back home? Yeah. So I, I got to learn a lot about myself. So the difference in my, in my, in my situation is my mom had moved here like a decade before I moved here. My dad had moved here long before I moved here. Okay. So you didn't arrive all at the same time. Oh, no. okay. that's how I got to be. That's how I got to be like in my mid twenties here. Cause they started the process and all the paper. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. So they started, so, so of course they, that's why they came in, in a kind of like guidance way because they had lived here. They, they had their own life. They had their friends, their friends, kids were doing whatever they were doing. Right. And I was supposed to just come and fall in line. Yeah. And they knew how things work because they had the experience in their way. Yes. And I, and I didn't seem like I knew how things work to them. They're like, okay, you don't exactly know how things work. But to me, I was like, I might not have lived here, but I know that there is a way things work in general. Exactly. Right. So that's so um, interesting and so unique, really. Yeah. So uh, today, Mm -hmm. you know, I do other things. I have the immigrant life. Um, I, I, have a Tuesday live show. I talk about things that are important to me, like I would if I was on on the radio. I have friends who we like collaborate to to do stuff together. Um, So I think a part of what, you know, uh, different parts of my life fulfill different longings in me. Let me put it that way. I also work as a knowledge manager. I'm a ServiceNow architect. Um, I work as a project manager. I'm a quality auditor. So you understand what I'm saying? So different parts kind of fit in for me. Yeah. Like you were able to find in different, yeah, different paths and different interests and and not just one, right? Like we, and I think in my culture, we grow up thinking that there's one path, there's one career. And if you choose to be a doctor, you're going to be a doctor for the rest of your life. And you can't have a side project like a podcast, right? Like, it's just like, you just need to move forward. And what I love about what you're saying, and I think it's going to resonate with a lot of immigrants that are going to be listening to this episode, is what, so in that journey, like hearing your story inspires me, right? Like you can arrive to a country in your 20s. And you can become that person you want. You can create different careers and professions. What would you tell those people that are starting that process? Like what helped you? What, right? Like what helped you to not stick to the things that you're, you know, the people that were guiding you were saying, what helped you create your own space and, and I'm sure make mistakes and, and learn from there, right? Like how was, how was that? And what would you share to them? Um, I would say it took, I, I would say give yourself grace. It takes, it, it takes time. 
to settle into anything. It takes time. Now it's a it's a it's a bit confusing for some people, right? Because you're watching Instagram, you're watching everything that's going on around you, and people seem settled and like living perfect lives. So it's so easy to look at yourself and be like, oh my God, my life is a joke. That's like the easiest thing. Totally. Mm-hmm. That could happen. But give yourself time, mm-hmm. right? Because your the, the goal in life is to beat who you were yesterday. So if you have everything now, like, can you imagine how hard it is for the Justin Biebers, for the Ushers, for the Celine Dion's who have like peak, let me not say peak because they can be better tomorrow, but they, there must be something in them that feels like, how do I beat eight Grammys? How do I beat? Totally. There's no ceiling. Yes. There's no ceiling. There are times when it seems like everything's down. There are times when it seems like things are up. Give yourself the grace to, to just keep going. Be patient. That's one thing I would say um, that helped me. Right? When I was not patient, it did not help me. When I started to, you know, block out what other people's lives seemed like and just be like, okay, this is the goal, right? That helped me. Mm-hmm. And then um, another thing I would say is don't be ashamed of anything you have to do to survive. Yes. When you come when you come into this country, you are still on survival mode. Depending on where you're from, and you know, if your father's the president of where you came from and you're like, you know, living lavish, well, that's that's you, right? The the you the common immigrant pattern is you came from another country, you came to whatever country you're in for a better opportunity. And so imagine how much brain power and survival struggle it took to get you from the country that you came from into the country that you're in. And when you were coming, you were like, when I get into this country, I'm going to do this, 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 right? You know, you know, the, you know, the funny, yes. You know, the funny part, we, I know the word, oh, as immigrants, you're already, uh, you're already a winner because what it took to get you from where you're coming from to this place, I cannot imagine. Right. And then you have people who will come in here and then that strength just disappears. It's almost like we forget who we were to have got us to this place, right? So I'm going to say trust your strength that's inside of you already. And um, give yourself, don't be ashamed of your survival. If you come in and you have to work a packing job, you have to do Uber Eats, you have to do whatever. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't, that's, that's just your foundation. It's part of your story, right? You don't want to know how many immigrants right now have like crazy businesses, crazy companies. You hear how they started, you would be amazed. It's true. So that's that's another thing I, well, I want to share. I love it. It's part of our stories. Like it, I think that's so powerful because it makes me think think on, on the things that I did that when I was doing those things, exactly as you're saying, they weren't matching the idea I I had of what was living in the U.S. was like, right? And I even thought about, wait, I was doing way better when I was back home. I was more comfortable. I had my my house. I had my mom. I had, you know, I have all these things that were comfortable, you know, in a sense. Um, and it's so true. 
we kind of forget that we were that person that's going to continue to move forward, that's going to continue to push. But because we're in an unknown place, we're like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know who I am. I, right? Like, we forget. We forget. It's so, so powerful. I'm really loving yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. What were some um, struggles that you face as an African immigrant living in the U.S. from your experience for us to get an idea, right? For us to get an idea of what was difficult, what didn't you enjoy, what were some of the boxes that people put you in? Yeah, okay, so um, some things I did not enjoy, I would say... There are so many boxes. Let's start with my name. Right. So there's something called culture fit. And we don't really pay as much attention to it, but it's very real. There's also something called workplace bias. We don't pay as much attention to it, but it is very real. So I'll give you an, an, uh, a bit of insight into what I'm saying. Please. So culture fit is basically... Uh, an organization or an industry believing that this is what their employee should look like. Oh, if we're going to have someone who is a, who is um, a project manager for us, the typical project manager we we have looks like this. And sometimes they don't even know that they feel like that. Sometimes it's just in their head; they don't yeah. see it, right? Yeah. But it means that when your resume comes across their table. And they look at your name and they can't even pronounce it. You're out. They don't even know why they've canceled you out. But, wow. but you're out, right? Mm -hmm. It's also a reason why they would say, oh, we're looking for a developer that can create da-da-da-da-da and a new application for us. And then they would look at a name and it looks Indian and they would be like, oh, this guy would make a good developer. Yeah, but it's it's, it's real. This what I'm saying is so real for good right? and bad, and it's so unconscious. Well, yeah. for some people, it's for some, yeah, <laughs> others are very conscious of what they're doing. Yeah, yes, some people are very conscious. You know, mm -hmm. some people they don't need. They're so used to it. Oh, I feel like this people who come from this place are very good at this, mm -hmm. and so they just hire them and you who has like so much experience doing that it's like they don't even see you because you don't have a name like that in another and you know in another sense then you have something like work this is so weird right the sun came right out oh, it's okay <laughs> um and then in another situation you have workplace bias it means that if someone and this is because we're immigrants right that's why i'm using these examples Imagine I was from Honduras and somebody and, and the last person who was, you know, from that country in that organization did a lot of things that people didn't like. They worked a certain way, da, da, da. They bullied people and then they left or they were pushed out or whatever. And then you are from the same country and then you come in. Do you know that there's already bias against you as to? Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. And you don't know because you're just coming in like, you don't know anything that's going on. <laughs> and they only met one person from that country. And just exactly. one, Like they were just your, yourself yes. and all of yes. what you bring into one. Yes. And you don't know the drama that's happened before you got there. And nobody's telling you, right? So you are going to have to navigate that. 
Mm. by yourself and just and so I've met some people who say you know what I'm not here to I'm not here to speak for all all Nigerians I'm not here to speak for all Africans I, I wish life was that easy but the truth is you getting results you being great at what whatever you do you being great at your business you acing everything that you're doing and being excellent it gives another Nigerian a chance it gives another African a chance. Yeah. It gives someone who comes from a country where there are 200,000 people and nobody has even heard of that country, gives them a chance too. As far as some people are concerned, Africa is a country. It's not a continent. They don't know anything about us. Yeah. And so they would even ask you, where are you from? Oh, you're African. I've had people ask me, "Do you? See, oh, you speak African? There's this African lady. I'm like, what? What are you even saying? But I don't blame them because it's a huge world and we cannot know everything. But um, workplace bias is real. Sorry. No. Yeah. I was just going to say that, yeah, we cannot know everything. Just want to add, but we can have the disposition to learn. Right. And I think that makes a difference in between the people that just throw, throws the stereotypes and just stay there. And Mm -hmm. other ones that, we make mistakes. I'm sure I have made many mistakes on saying things Me or too. asking things, but then we learn and we go a step further, right? So I think that's just because there's a lot of fear too of like, oh, am I gonna say the wrong thing? Am I gonna? But that's the only way to learn too if you're if you want to. Yes. Yes. True. So uh, I think those are things that I, you know I did not enjoy the disadvantages of, and I just felt like you know we need to do better just as human beings. And of course, uh, the racism part is real and alive. I have to mention that whatever platform I'm on, Please. and um, you know, of course, it, it, you don't know the extent to it until you get here, mm. because. Um, you just you just don't know the extent. Can you, you tell us a little that, bit? Can you tell us a little yeah. more? So so of course, growing up, I've seen cops shoot people without a cause. I've seen like the craziest things you can imagine. Growing up in a third world country, right? But something in you that 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 makes you want to move to this developed country does not think that you would get there and see the same thing. That's not why you're moving, you know, to whoever's watching this. I'm very sure if you're like me and you you move your whole life. I'm not sure people really understand that to migrate. It means that at some point you would be selling everything you own. They're basically people who sell all their houses and move their whole families. That's a sac- that's like a sacrifice. That's right. Yes. And then you get somewhere and then you're seeing um, you know, just and even when you are, you have a great job, your family's okay. There's a part of us that wants our kids to see better than we did. Especially for migrants. I have two sons. I know what it is for, for cops to kill an innocent person. I know what it is for, I know what human trafficking is about. I, that's all real stuff. But I wish that my kids would not, I, I wish I did not have to explain why George Floyd was knelt on and choked to death. I wish. But alas, I had to explain that to my eight-year-old. So, you know, that's not, that's, I wish it wasn't like that. And, but it's everybody's, everybody has to be involved. Yes. And the, and the truth is, and this is a big part of the immigrant life, right? 
-hmm. We're not just here to just come for a better life. You're not just in, in, in Britain or in Singapore or in China and for a better life. It's not enough because we have to remember that some people worked their asses off for, for this country to be what it is that you want to move to. Some people, you know, where they gave everything. Imagine if um, Rosa Parks didn't get off that bus and yeah. things were still the way it was. Do you think I'd want to move to the States? Right. No, of course not. There was a lot so, of history. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people have fought and fought and fought for me to want to come to the States. A lot of people have given their life's blood, literally. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so it's just something that is very important to me that you don't just while you move to, to a place, you want to also make a difference in that place. Yes. I want America to be better for the fact that I'm here. You know, I don't want to just, just, I don't want to just use this place as something to, you know, it's a land of opportunity, but I want to also give someone else hmm. opportunity. I want to be the reason why it continues to be a land of opportunity. I don't want it to die with me. Right. So that's I love it. And I think in, in my experience, well, hearing you, I think it's so important that to recognize those changes. Like I remember thinking, yes, this is a, a country of opportunities and it's going to provide opportunities to me, but I don't have any part on it. Like, I'm just grateful to be here, get these opportunities, you know, keep my head down, do my work, stay quiet and kind of be on the fence on those issues that you just mentioned on the tremendous, terrible things that are happening right now to Americans and to immigrants. And in a way, something kind of started to, to yeah, to, to feel inside myself as this is also my country, right? Mm -hmm. And I want other immigrants to hopefully feel that way. Like, as exact as you're saying, we can make a change too. The fact that we're immigrants, the fact that we arrived to this country, whatever, time ago doesn't mean that you can be part of the change that hopefully we're going to see for future immigrants, for future Americans, for future, for everyone, right? Um, can, I add, can I add something? We are already part of the change. We are. We just are not, we're just not telling people that we are. We are, look around everywhere. We are serving you food. We are making the food. We're delivering your packages. We're creating the websites that you're on. We, everything, check the lights, what? We are everywhere. You just don't see us because most of us come from places where you are taught to be, to wait until somebody appreciates you. Yeah. You're not taught careful. to, yeah. you're not taught to tell people I did this. That's, 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 you're told that that's prideful. Yes. But guess what? This is a dog eat dog world. You have, like, I had to learn that too, because of course in my culture, if you do something good, you wait until people say, oh, well done. But I'm having to learn, you know, you see it on my, on my, on my post when I talk yeah. about the fake humble. You're told that that's humility, but it's not. It's not. If I deserve something, if I deserve to be, to be complimented or commended for something I did, then I deserve it. That's not pride. It's so amazing. Yes. We need to own that. We are there already. Yeah, exactly. Really? We, we are here. Yeah.
So I would love to have this chance um, to ask you about the immigrate the immigrate life because that's how we connected. That's how I was able to get yeah. to know you. And so I would love for you to share what it is, what's the work that you're doing with that platform and how it's impacting immigrants. Okay, so the immigrate life is a platform for majorly African immigrants, right? But there's, I have guests who are not Africans. I have guests who have never been to Africa, but they're all bringing just wisdom and resources that we all need. But the reason why I felt really strongly about starting this platform was because I could see that I, our, our stories are unique. It's one thing, it's one thing, can you imagine two people, right? And they are trying to, to climb up a wall. To you, it's like, oh, you're just climbing up a wall, right? Imagine one person trying to climb up a wall and imagine the other person is on a wheelchair. The disadvantages are not the same. Totally. Right? And I feel like for, for us, we need a platform that celebrates us, understanding the disadvantages that we have had to overcome to get to this place. Because imagine growing up in a setting where already you don't believe that you're good enough. Already, that, there's that already, right? Right. So I, I, I believe that we, have, we, had a, we had to start a platform where we could highlight our wins um, and we could, we, we could celebrate our wins and then we could also, you know, raise awareness to the struggles that we were having. Mm -hmm. So imagine somebody coming from a country where they don't even speak English and then you move to somewhere like the UK or you move to... The United States. Imagine, you know, the disadvantage of that. As as you cannot compare that to someone whose first language is English. 100%. So I have friends who are from Francophone countries. Those are the countries that were colonized by the French. And so the the the, the language, their first, their typical, you know, lingua franca is French. Yeah. I cannot come. I cannot compare what they go through when they move here. Right. Unlike me, who's First language is English, mm -hmm. right? So I just wanted us to be, so when somebody like that, whose first language is, is French, um, is able to go to medical school and graduate and become a doctor, to somebody else, you know, to someone who's from, I, I don't know, somewhere else, yeah. they might not see it as that big of a deal. Mm. But to, to that do you, so do you understand why I, why I they thought we... They have no idea. They have, they no, have idea. no idea. Even, even figuring out the, the sentences in the book that they had to read, how hard it was. I have a friend, she, she owns her own platform. It's also Immigrant Concerned. Um, she went to law school and she, she studied for, for her law degree in Korea. Wow. Ima so imagine. So I can relate because I lived in Korea before. So even for me, it was like, how did you go to school? You must have been number one, the only black person. <laughs> the only black person there, you know? And so sometimes having similar backgrounds helps you to be able to 
relate and celebrate someone because you know where they're coming from. That's what the immigrate life does. We celebrate um, other people that have similar backgrounds. We also kind of share resources. Oh, we need this. We know that there's many things we need to learn. Um, we, are, we know that we need financial freedom. We know that we need to learn new ways to, to deal with family, marriage, because our cultures are not the same. In our culture, women are supposed to be a certain way and act a certain way. And then you move here and you see so many couples clash mm. because things are different here. Yeah, or raising kids, which you did. Raising kids yeah. is a whole other story because uh, you want your kids to act a certain way. In some, in, to some, in some cultures, your kid doesn't even look you in the face. Talk less, like they don't look you in the eye. Right. Talk less of talking back to you and asking you questions. They're growing right? up in a country where things work different than they did for us in our country. Very, very differently. But, but uh, you know, so sometimes it takes a group to be able to tell each other, you know, you, you know what you need to, you, are you trying to raise a kid who's scared of everyone? Or are you trying to raise a kid who can lead? Because mm -hmm. if you want a kid that can't look you in the face, if you want a kid that can't talk back to you, you're raising a follower. You're not raising an influencer. They will never be able to influence anyone else. No one. Right? So that's why, that's why the immigrant life is uh, so important. Uh, right now we have, uh, this just launched, we have an immigrant life a group for entrepreneurs and businesses. Awesome. And that was because we already don't have the advantage of like, you know, when you're starting a business and you can go to friends and family and raise money, we already, as immigrants, that's hard because how many <laughs> family members do you have? <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, and then you might know about, about, about how business is done, where you come from. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same way you live. They're just all of these nuances and it's yeah. easier to get to the, it's easier to learn as a group, helping each other. A community. Right. That's how we grow. Where can people connect with Immigrate Life? Um, what are the points of contact? I always add it to the description of this episode, but I would love for you to also share it. Okay, so you can contact us at www.immigrate.life. That's the website. You can also contact us on immigrant on, on Instagram. That's at immigrate.life. And um, so it's great as in greatness. <laughs> immigrate. Yeah. You know? And then um, <laughs> and then you can also reach out on Facebook. Uh, the group is the immigrant, the immigrate entrepreneur network group. The immigrate entrepreneur network group. Awesome. Find and I'm us. sure in the website we can find all the info too. Yeah. So yeah, that's There's, the immigrate life. <laughs> it's, it's so amazing that you created that. I'm I'm really glad to be able to hear a little bit more in depth from what I see in the platform because I I get that same sense of what you're creating and the support that you're building um, with a community. And there's something that I got from your from your page that was that you you're helping immigrants move from survive survival mode to thriving, right? And and that really caught my eye because we also were talking about survival mo mode earlier in the interview. And I don't think there's one immigrant that can relate to it at some point in their life or in their parents' immigration. So I would love to end this conversation with a key. Um, 
yeah, takeaway that we can keep in mind or start to put in practice to move from that survival mode to start thriving. And I know it's not an easy answer and I'm sure it takes many different steps, but maybe we can leave the listeners with one important thing. Yeah. Okay. So what I, what I would say about that is, and of course, like you said, it's so wide. It's a, it's a whole thing, but we start first from, but to move from survive to thrive, you have to start by asking yourself why you're even here. And sometimes it has to take a while to be able to answer that question properly. Because when you first get here, things can feel very frantic. You know, just like Mm. you come in with a mindset of why you're here. But sometimes you need to just calm down and really say, why am I here? And not just even in this country. Why am I here in, in life at all? And what am I trying to achieve? What do I see myself in 10 years? What, what, what is the me that I would not be ashamed of in the future? And sometimes that has nothing to do with how much money is in your bank account. That's the weird part, right? Because I feel like some of us are more focused on that. And some of us, that's not what brings us satisfaction. And that's why it's so important to ask yourself these questions. Because if I'm comparing myself to you, Vero, and you're more of, I want to die a billionaire. And if I want to impact a million people before I die positively, if we don't have the same, and none of them is wrong. (laughs) You know, you want what you want. But if I'm comparing myself to you and I'm running after your goal, I'm never going to be satisfied because that's not what makes me, me. So I think first, and sometimes, um, to do that, you have to speak with someone. You have to like have a coach. You have to talk to someone and just figure out where you are, what you want to do. Um, survival mode, you're thinking about the now. You're thinking about just surviving, just but thrive. You're not thinking about yourself alone. You're thinking, how can I impact someone? How can I increase someone else's chances? How can I, you know, legacy, legacy, it's legacy. Um, so that's that's what I'll say today. <laughs> that's what I'll say today. I love it. It's so special and so important, and and it really resonates with me. It really makes me feel happy that we were able to make this Thank connection to make me. this interview. And and I hope we stay connected because I oh, I really please. enjoy seeing what you're saying, what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. One more time. Mm-hmm.